are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. One, two, three. Tom! What? We're supposed to yell Tom on three. So that was the sync point. Sync point. One, two, three. Tom! And you guys aren't doing it. <laughs> Love can't always be this easy time. Seems to stand still when you're standing near me. When you start to learn the Enneagram, it will no doubt help you understand yourself better. But another aspect which is extremely useful is using the Enneagram as a lens to view your relationships through. So you can better understand the people around you, what motivates them, their fears, their desires, and what relationships can look like. In this series, we're sitting down with different couples from the church to really have some fun conversations, to hear some stories and hear how they're using the Enneagram to better understand their relationships and keep growing together as a couple. That's what I said way we should yeah, mute it. But, and Cordy didn't like no, that idea. Has the most followers on Instagram. Tom Fleslin. Sorry to name. We're on the iPad so we can play now. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Perfect. Okay. Whoa, why is it? Are we losing points right now? I have no idea. I don't know that one either. Ooh. Oh. Fleetwood. I actually kind of thought Fleetwood, but I didn't say Okay, that. here we go. All right. This is. Oh, this DeBolt, is you got zero. Who's seen the movie Planes? That's like a straight to DVD. Whoop. Oh, Why would they join the Navy? <laughs> Power source. Is it charging? Tom's hair. Is it charging? You gotta say it. You can't just, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh means, means push where your no. finger is. Yeah, my, my finger in my mind is all over. Sunshine. Sunshine. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink. <laughs> By the way, my score is separate from Danae's. I have one more point than her. No, you don't, because we picked my answer when you wanted to pick. You wanted to pick a different one, so we're tied. Now, looking back, we should have been reading the questions out loud to the house party trivia game, so you, our listeners, could follow along. However, we appreciate your patience and participating with us on this little online social distancing experiment. Okay, let's do Pictionary and then we'll do the podcast. I thought this was the podcast. When we did Pictionary with my family, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Just for a walk. <laughs> They're closed. Oh, what's happening? Oh, we got to rotate. What's happening? What's what? Tom, draw something, Tom. It's telling you what to draw, Tom. Draw it. Can you oh, see us? You guys back? Ball. Oh, Smile. Face. Ear. Back. Sorry, I can't hear you over my wife spraying ice all over our kitchen. Spraying ice? <laughs> Tom's holding the phone for you. I'm just making sure we get good audio for you guys. Look at this. Better than the DeBolt stuff. See? I told you. He told me I had to hold it the whole time. I want to make sure it sounds good. Making a turn here. So I'd love to hear any stories. So, for instance, Catherine and I are one, three... A problem that we have is is me showing up on time to when I say I'm going to show up on time. So if I say, hey, Catherine, I'm going to be home at 5 o'clock like I did today, 
and I actually showed up at the house at 545. I was, I was, um, you dirty dog. There were some words that were exchanged and, um, some time was spent talking about that situation. Mm -hmm. This happens probably six out of seven days a week. Um, (laughs) just, just curious. Uh, so there's room for growth. There's room for growth. The more he tells a story, he adds an extra day. So tomorrow he'll probably say seven out of seven days. Yesterday. So I guess the the question is, we'll start with the DeBolts. Is there a recurring theme in your relationship that you can kind of point back to the Enneagram and say this reoccurring conversation or fight, maybe it's a positive thing is we can kind of see because of because of our types it makes a lot of sense of why this is a a recurring theme we have a recurring theme of i keep all of my frustration inside as a nine because i want to keep the peace and then the time has shortened now while we were dating it was approximately every six to nine months Mike would really poke at me until I finally would say what was wrong. And then I would cry and talk about everything that had been wrong for the last six to nine months. And I would say in marriage, we've probably gotten it down to about every two to three months. We, we get there. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, oh, I'm on my way to the car to go fishing all day. I'm like, okay, love you. Have a good day. And she like looks at me with some tears, like welling. In her eyes, I'm like, what is happening right now? Well, we'll just talk about it when you get back from fishing. What? (laughs) And then, oh, hold on. I just wanted to talk about everything that you've done wrong for the last six months. (laughs) I think at one point, the conversation, I was about to go fishing. Hey, love you. I'll see you in a few hours. And one of the next things out of her mouth was, I just didn't picture my life like this. <laughs> okay. What is happening? So let's just, we took a huge leap there. You think it's a leap, Catherine, for Cordy to go from five days to six days. This is not what happens. What happens <laughs> is Mike chooses to ask what's wrong when he's on his way out the door. And I respond. I respond at that time. And when we begin talking... That's when I say those things. I wanted to know if like... I'm not done. Okay. Also, most stories are a leap. Whatever version he is telling you of a story is the exaggerated, dramatized, ready for Hollywood version. It is not the accurate version. Just so he likes to make it sound better and funnier, but it's not true. Just a quick question. What what is Mike what does Mike do for a living? I I just forgot that real quick. He's a lawyer. <laughs> okay. So I'm an eight, which means that I want to resolve the conflict immediately, which means that all the things that she's brought up that I've done wrong in the last six months are things I'm like, well, why are you bringing that up now? Why didn't you just bring it up when it happened? And so in the the fishing situation, when I saw the tears welling up in her eyes, it was like, oh, what's wrong? Like, did you just stub your toe? Like... (laughs) I wasn't, hey, what's wrong? Let's just quick rehash 2019 real fast. So that's the difference. How long did it take you to leave for your fishing trip? 10 more minutes, maybe 15. Oh, that was quick, man. I would have had Tom there for about an hour. Yeah, Kristen wouldn't have even been through her first point yet. (laughs) True. I got a lot to say. Our recurring theme. There's a few recurring themes. That we could get into if we'd like. But for like me... Like spilling coffee on Bibles? 
That we got lots of examples. That's a good one. But I'm a one and Tom's a nine. And I would say my biggest like recurring frustration in my 15 years with Tom is we have the same stupid like fights over and over and over and over and over again. And he's like, like even now he's like, yeah, Kristen has to say it a thousand times. I'm like, if I've said it a thousand times, you think you would have understood by now. Like you can't come at me for like reiterating my point when you still don't get it after 15 years. Yeah, but at some point after you've said it for 15 years, you realize that, okay, maybe it's not working anymore. <laughs> maybe you're not working. <laughs> what, what, is, if I, what is Tom's biggest offense or most reoccurring it's, it's offense? Just, it's like just stupid little things. Like he's, I love you. But he's just, he doesn't have like attention to detail in like daily life. And he's like forgetful. And he like, you know, walks out the door and leaves the door open on his way to church. He leaves lights on. It's just like things like that where I'm like, how many times do I have those to? Those are, those are more like bigger examples that you have. <laughs> Hold on. Can I, can I ask as the host here? I gotta, we gotta dive into that a bit more, Kristen. So there are really two choices in this. <laughs> In this uh, opportunity for growth, one choice is that yeah. Tom changes, and the other choice is that you change. Okay, here's the thing, though, Cordy. My way is right. She's holding the microphone. I'm holding the microphone yeah, she, and the phone right now. Yeah, and as she talks, this is what she likes to do. As she talks, she slowly pulls it like further away from me. <laughs> so if you're looking on like a Zoom call or something. I'm like, it's a Kanye, it's a Kanye Taylor like Swift Kanye. situation. Kristen is taking up about like 75% of the screen and I'm like the little figure in the back. What you have to say doesn't matter quite yet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like when we were first married, it was him. He, I was like, who raised you? I don't understand because he would walk into a room and like you, I could walk around our entire house and just follow where Tom had been. Every light would be on every cupboard door open, every drawer open. And it finally came to a head when I walked into a cupboard door and I was like, shut the doors. I like slammed my head on a cupboard door because he can't close a cupboard uh, door. And, or you weren't looking where you were going. You know what? I leave cupboard doors open too, but it's a, it's a form of protest because Danae hangs bras on every door handle in the entire home. Again, huge stretch. Haven't or, done that or in little, probably three years. Or little One target ba target bags full of trash. It's like we have 15 garbages all over the house because it's just anything that a target bag can be hung from, it's full of garbage. Because Tom's been 15 years of doing the same thing, and you've been 15 you years of saying the same thing. Cordy, you underestimate my stubbornness, though. I will win this war. Cordy told me today when we were in the midst of our, our argument that he would take the argument his stance on our argument to the grave with him. <laughs> so he has no no belief in hey, himself changing. This, we're not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you also you also underestimate the nine too, because the nine is able to I mean they might kind of, you know, agree to something, but they'll pull out their passive aggressive way of either slowly uh, delaying it or uh, I think as the peacemaker you can just take an incredible amount of abuse do I, I take a lot of abuse well yeah probably oh please <laughs> you are blessed every day by me yeah right
<laughs> uh, I don't even remember that. Inc- I don't it think that actually we were- happened. <laughs> I don't think so. Tom also has the memory of like a one-year-old. It's a steel trap. I win every argument because he's like, well, I don't know. I don't have an example. I don't sit and dwell on the issues. I don't know. I can't think of an example right now. I don't, no, I know Kristen, if something happens. I'm like, that is void. If, that, if something court, happens. In a court of law, if you don't have an example. Speak- if something happens, I agree with that, Kristen. I agree. She I files it. She files it away in her brain and like, all right, I'm going to use this next time we get in a heated trap. Thing. Right here. I just, I don't think that. Like, I'm not, I'm not just waiting for the next fight. Well, I am. <laughs> I know you're like, okay, I'm putting this in my arsenal. Armed and ready. I'm pulling this she one out next time. She's looking for every opportunity to be right. Every opportunity. Right. I expect perfection because I am perfection. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to throw this out there that the cupboard drawer thing is such an issue in our house that Magnolia will come into our bedroom and Mike's dresser drawers will be open. She goes, I close for Dada. And she'll go. She knows their Dada's drawers. She knows she doesn't need to close mine. Here's the more so it's the it's the more of the flip side of what Kristen said where like I know what this is I don't be. do things perfect like those are older examples or rare examples where like I left the door open at one time or the cupboards I don't do that anymore now it's more so like she comes home after working all weekend and the house is cleaned up in my mind, <laughs> but in her mind, there's, uh, let's see. It's I mean, a mess. La- yeah, there's a, it's, it's a mess. There's laundry that hasn't been done. There's you ever trash home? hasn't been taken out. And so she comes home and sees all of the imperfections rather than realizing that, oh, I've been home with the girls all weekend and trying to keep the house in shape and trying to get work done. And with like his, his like imperfections are like, have you ever come home and you've been gone for three days and it's like nobody wiped the kitchen table for three days and you have two toddlers and you're like, what, what, why, why would you? When is it, when have you ever been gone for three days that I haven't wiped the kitchen Why would you not wipe the table down? That was an inspiring story you shared with us earlier. With that level of awareness, Danae, which is impressive, how are you guys growing and moving forward? I am working hard at trying to say when things bother me, which is not easy because I am very, I feel like I am the most conflict averse nine that I know. And I have met a lot of nines at Echo and all of them say, oh, but I'm not a nine in my marriage. And I'm like, still a nine in the marriage, big time. So I'm working hard at it. It's still incredibly difficult for me. I don't like to make Mike mad. I don't like to make Mike feel bad. I don't like when we disagree on things. So I'm working on it, but it's still extremely difficult. Can I tell him? Danae's mad? Yeah. And she's withholding that, those feelings? Uh, well, I don't know. I think if it's maybe built... Maybe I can. I, maybe I can't. I think if it's built I can tell some. Enough. I can tell sometimes if she is going to, you know, lay out her feelings, you know, shortly after I make some observations. But I don't, I don't know what I don't know. 
so sometimes she can she probably hides it really well and i and i'm aware of the fact that there's times when she's mad at me that she's completely hidden it yeah i'm very very good at hiding being upset which is not a good thing yeah it sounds like it could potentially be a good thing but it's not (laughs) i think what's helped is i think the enneagram and and just being in small groups that are focused on the enneagram has helped me realize that this isn't just a struggle that Danae and I have in our specific relationship, but it's almost a product of our personality types within the Enneagram. We've met other couples that are type eight with a type nine and the conflict resolution problems are almost identical. And I think for me, it helped most understanding other perspectives of, I want to resolve conflict immediately move past it and get back to square one but learning that you know nines sometimes need some time to process before they they go into the conflict sometimes to collect their own emotions and their thoughts but other times to kind of understand why they're mad in the first place i realized that sometimes danae didn't want to resolve a conflict right away because she hadn't fully formed her thought on why she was mad which without the Enneagram, without any sort of explanation for that would have seemed like crazy to me at first. Overanalysis is a big thing for me. Dumping my thoughts when I'm stressed. I know that I, I dump my stress on Danae by, by overanalyzing and reanalyzing big decisions. Big decisions are stressful uh, for everyone regardless of how you handle that stress. So I think my, my five comes out as, a, as an analysis, a reanalysis, which can be very taxing on Danae. Although she's indecisive as a nine, I would say once she makes a decision, she's okay with it, she moves on. It might take her a while to get to that point. But I know that that's, that's been a source of stress, and it's even a source of stress for myself because I, I know when I'm doing it, but it's hard to stop. For so, like, an example would be we had a tree in our yard that had, like, a big, huge crack, like, down the, like, when it split into two more branches or whatever, there was a big crack in between those to where it looked like half the tree could, like, break off and fall into our house at any point. And I would say... Mike molded over and talked about it for probably about a year before finally deciding to put it down <laughs> and talked about, well, maybe we could, maybe we can save it. Maybe we can do this, save it. No, that's not going to work. Okay. Well, maybe let's just cut it down. Let's cut it down. Well, then we lose that tree and just kind of going that back and forth and like verbalizing it. And do, do, he did a ton of research on can trees like this be saved? Is it better to cut them down? And so that's an example of how that big financial decisions out. are also things, mm-hmm. you know, buying a car, buying a house, that sort of thing. It's anything like that. I I really analyzed that under stress, which can be good, but it would be horrible if we didn't have the balance within our relationship of Nay's personality. So curious if you relate to what Danae is saying. Is it is a nine, or because of you know you're in a relationship with a one? Is it different for you? Or yeah, no, I I I definitely relate, and I I do think it's interesting that. So yeah, I'm a nine married to a one. Danae's a nine married to an eight. And so funny, like nine uh, on the numbers on either side of us, you know, eight and one are so different from the nine. And so it's, 
But it's funny that I, I feel like there are a lot of that combo of like either nine or nine and one or nine and eight. And I don't know if it's that whole opposites attract type of thing or what, but I definitely resonate with a lot of like what Danae said with knowing that I'm a nine and now trying to be better at bringing conflict up or bringing something up. Although now it's funny, like when it's been so long where I, I've never really brought stuff up. And so now if I bring up like a minor thing, Kristen just is <laughs> feels attacked or feels like I'm being very aggressive. <laughs> but the, one, one of the issues, though, for me being and you know, being married to a one, I've kind of always known this, but now knowing her number is ones have a very hard time being in the wrong hmm. and they you know, they're very, about, they're very big about right and wrong and being, being right or, you know, being good and being close to perfect. And so if I bring something up more often than not, it'll end up getting turned around on me. And by the end of it, I'm the one apologizing Excuse for whatever me. I can. <laughs> hold, hold on. So, so like hold a made on, up example. This is, I, I just want to echo this is true. This is, all this is true. I'm married to one as well. And after every argument, I say, well, I guess you want another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's part of it too, is Kristen is way better at forming an argument than I am. So I can't I might, help it. Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't have any, I don't really have any practice putting an argument together, but. That's not my fault. So, so like a, a, a pretend example. Come. Come to the table prepared if you're going to fight. Yeah, really. I mean, do you so, think that has like to do with your example. upbringing too, as well? Like, oh, yeah, for oh, sure. yeah, yeah. My, I grew up in a how, where there wasn't very much fighting or or arguing, or and I'm not saying that in in a in a good way. Like, there was no like, I never observed like healthy conflict resolution. You know, a lot of stuff was kind of kept quiet or put under the rug, but. So, so let's say, you know, I come home and the house is kind of a mess and that's something that I want to, this is totally made up. I know. I was like, what? And, and it's something that <laughs> hey, I want, and it's hey, something I want to, it's something I want to address. Well, it has happened, but it's something that I want to address. <laughs> Rude. If I were to say, Hey, you know, I really would have liked the house to have been a, you know, nice today or whatever. But then it would turn where she would list all the times when I had a a messy house when she had come home. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I've, you know, <laughs> and so so it's not a like I don't want to bring up the conflict because I don't like the conflict. But B, I don't want to bring up the conflict because I don't want to have to apologize for something. Being a nine as well, I think it's probably a combination because ones and eights tend to have a lot of similarities, too. But I, I do think that. I tend to apologize for things that even after I've apologized for it, I go, I didn't need to apologize for that. I didn't do anything wrong in that scenario. Yeah. And so yeah. I get where you're coming from, but I, I know I, I, I want to blame Mike for it too, but I also know that it's a little bit my fault yeah. that and I'm good. apologizing for it. Yeah. And it's a bad example too, because I, the threshold that I have of things that would, you know, cause me to bring something up is very, high a high threshold where i wouldn't care that the house is not 
totally clean. You know, I I just don't have the energy to really care about that or to bring that up as a fight. You know? so, and Shots there's a lot fired. of things. There, well, there's a lot. Oh, and that's not saying a bad thing about Kristen, but like I, there's so many things like that where I just, I weigh in my head as of like, okay, you know, is it worth having an argument about it or worth just letting it go? And lots of times it's just, you know, it's just more worth it to me just to let it go. So can I ask you, do you feel like after letting so many things go that some of that anger still builds up inside, though? Mm. I don't know that it does with him. No, not really. Because lots of times I truly, I truly don't care about a lot, a lot of stuff. Danae as a nine, like caring about the house, being a wife, caring about decorations, like all that kind of daily stuff that I feel like the wives or the women, I don't know, maybe not all the time, but me and Danae per se care about cleanliness, that kind of stuff. Like Tom just doesn't care about that. You know what I mean? Well, but I also have a very, very strong. Yes. True. True. Tom, when Kristen is bringing up once again, another time that you haven't lived up to her standards, in your mind, are you thinking like, really, Kristen, is it worth it to fight about this right now? Like, can't we just get along? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it worth the energy to go through this tonight? But it is to me. In our relationship, I think I see it with Tom or like something that I've noticed about him is like he, I I don't know if it's because he's a nine or if it was his upbringing, but like he for a long time almost like refused to accept that he was like mad or like annoyed or like moody. But like I as his wife could clearly tell like something was wrong with him, but it was almost like like a something sin. was wrong with him. Well, I'm saying like, You're saying like he has a disease. He was like clearly was like he was clearly angry about something. But I'm like, what's what are you what's what's wrong? Why are you mad? And he's like, I'm not. I'm not. And it wasn't he like literally would not admit to the fact that he was yeah. mad. And I think he like truly believed that almost like he it was some kind of sin or shortcoming to like have an emotion. Right. And, mad? Yeah. And, and she's yeah totally right. And knowing that's what helped, you know, knowing the Enneagram and knowing that I'm a nine and recognizing that now and being able to recognize that as maybe, you know, anger or just general crabbiness. But it was very uncomfortable before this to acknowledge or yeah. even just 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 recognize that. I was angry, you know, cause it's, it's, it's a very, you never had any outbursts. It's a very, it's like a very uncomfortable feeling. He doesn't like, he's not an angry person. Like even when he is mad, he like, he doesn't yell. He doesn't like, but like he would never even like accept the fact that he was even like crabby. So I do think the Enneagram has helped Tom in that and just kind of like recognizing his emotions and also like feeling okay claiming them. In a sense of like, yeah, that it's not, if you're mad, that's not like a bad thing, but like, let's talk about it. You don't have to like sit here and deny the fact of being mad as if that's some like cardinal sin, you know? I think what you're saying, Kristen, is really valuable because Cordy also, as a three in stress, goes to a nine, but also he was raised in a household where they, there was the belief that 
God is never angry or anger is not a valid emotion or a response. If we ever had like an argument in our, in our house, I would get um, like a sheet of Bible verses slipped under my bedroom door that I needed to like read. Mm. All about passive aggressive. Yeah. Not but, having yeah, anger. But like, don't be angry kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's very true that that, <laughs> that your childhood can obviously impact. <laughs> right. I think for me too, the Enneagram or like learning more about his number has helped and I'm not perfect at it clearly, but like it has helped me to realize that like he doesn't get mad very often and he doesn't, he's kind of a man of few words, but that when he does talk or have an opinion or is mad about something for me to shut up and give him the space to have that opinion or express that feeling because I think it is so hard for him to even a recognize it and then b verbalize it to me so try I'm trying I'm not great at it but trying to recognize when I need to take a, a step back and give him space we love that you're listening to this podcast we are thrilled you are joining us for our Sunday online services We'd also love for you to jump on to our virtual lobbies via Zoom calls for a little discussion behind the scenes and applications for each week's message. He started to terrify my heart person just a little bit. And I have come to the idea that like eights terrify me because of how they run on just quick decisions and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And they make me want to go, okay, well, bye. And not in a peacekeeping way as in a like fearful heart sort of way. So I think that's really helped me. And I know we don't like the idea is not to tell someone who they are, but I do find myself going, they're an eight, they're an eight, they're an eight. It's just how they operate. Don't don't run from that and sort of step in a little bit closer to maybe people that I want to walk away from or I don't know. It's been very interesting. But I, I would say this with an eight being Isaac's friend and going through some, you know, having some mountaintop experiences and some valleys. Man, I'll tell you what, you want an eight when you're in your in your valley. We'd love to have you join us after our online services for our virtual lobbies, a place where we can connect, discuss, and share what the Lord is speaking to us as individuals, but also as a community. The best part of the Enneagram is it brings awareness, right? So you can start mm-hmm. to kind of see what's what's going on. Awareness is awesome. The, the harder part is actually doing some with it. So like I, I had a really cool moment just tonight. I go to a nine in stress. When we argue, I assume I go to stress, but I have that same those same feelings that Tom described about, you know, kind of getting in a fight and whatnot. So it's really interesting to for me to kind of see that. Now the question is, and there's always a question, like, what do you do, right? Like, Catherine and I still have our you'll be home at five argument every day, um, and nothing's changed yet. <laughs> like, did, does anybody have any examples or stories of, like, now that you're aware of making a change and like seeing that positive impact, is there any, can, can we end on a positive note here? Do we, do we have any, do we have any stories of we're making progress in this, in this way? I think Tom is a hundred percent the calm to my storm, to my tsunami, I will say. And I, 
I think a, a thing that I've learned about myself is that, I mean, we joke about it, but like I do, I expect perfection out of myself and I therefore expect it out of my spouse. And he is just, he doesn't have the attention to detail and he doesn't care about the things that I do at the, in the same level that I do. And that's not wrong. That's fine. So I think we've had conversations of, okay, like when I get home from working a weekend and I'm exhausted, it really makes me feel disrespected when Monday, when I'm dead tired from working 36 plus hours in the last three days, when I have to like clean up you and the girls' mess and I have to do all the things that I did on Thursday again when you were the home with the girls for the weekend and you guys had the weekend off. Like, I just want you, I expect the same like respect from you that I give. And that to me means like, just clean up after yourselves. So I don't have to go to work for three days and then come home and clean up all you guys' mess. You know what I mean? So I think we've had conversations of like, the house doesn't need to be perfect. But there are a few things that like I really want done and I really need done in order for me to be successful being home with the girls on Monday and being dead tired. So I am trying to learn to not walk in the door and notice only the imperfections. I want them to have a fun weekend together. I So I'm trying to learn how to give grace, but also communicate, okay, these three things are the things that I really want to be done in order to feel loved and valued and respected when I get home. So I'm learning to give grace and communicate what's actually the most important to me and kind of try to let the, let the rest go. And in turn, I think with Tom, I'm also trying to, like I already kind of touched on, give him space to be and to speak and to feel. Yeah. And I think, you know, with though the nine may soothe the one, I have felt that my one wife is kind of the the kick in the pants to my nine. Tom, my question to you is, so Kristen just verbalized the idea of like one thing is having the house clean after from work. Have you now intentionally changed to do that for her? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, well, and that's the, like, so I, because I, I don't want the conflict, you know, so yeah, I, I do. But then, but then there's still times where maybe it's not like fully up to standards, but yeah, like, Yes. I, but I'm trying to be more more gracious with that and right? Yeah. I'm yeah. trying. Yeah, I don't you know are. if it's coming off that way, but Yeah. I think we had to compromise a little bit cuz I'm like I do want you to like like have fun, you know, with the girls all weekend and like I love that they go on adventures and do that. He's a great dad. And he isn't as just like efficient with cleaning as I am. So like I I get that. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so she she can kind of, you know, help me be an advocate when like I I don't necessarily want to speak up whether it's in, you know, a work setting or otherwise whereas like she can kind of like help be a motivator and kind of, you know, yeah, push me to do things that I might not necessarily want to do myself because it's it's not comfortable right. for me, you know. So and I mean, and to be honest, lot, most of the time she is right. You know, she she just as a one has that knack of just kind of that moral compass of like knowing right and wrong. So lots of times she is right. 
And and me as a nine, like I don't even fully know, you know, <laughs> which <laughs> which way is what. <laughs> so I do rely on her a lot a lot for that. And and she, yeah, lots of times is right for stuff. So and then it's not even worth fighting over. In on the flip side, then in like a time of global pandemic quarantine, <laughs> when a one heads towards four, and I also have a lot of six in me. You know, I'm sitting here like stressed out that we're just, you know, if we leave our house, we're going to die and we're just going to all get coronavirus. And and he's like the logic for me of like talking me off the cliff and trying to remind me we're going to be okay. Gosh, let's hear those positive changes you guys are making. From a general perspective, I would say earlier in our relationship or earlier in our marriage, I would railroad Danae as far as conflict resolution went. If I recognized that there was a topic or a conflict, I would almost insist that we talk about it immediately. So I don't know if I have any recent examples, maybe Danae does, but recognizing the fact that she needs more time to process and giving that time, whether it's five minutes or a day, I've become more comfortable with that. I've been, you know, it's still like my initial reaction is, okay, let's just figure this out. Let's, let's move on. Let's, if there's a problem, we can, we can get to the solution now. And why not do it now when we can, instead of later, but recognizing that she needs some more time sometimes, I think has been really helpful in having a more productive conflict resolution. And I think also just in general, you know, nines might soothe ones specifically, but I think nines just in general are very soothing, easygoing, comfortable people to be around. And I think anybody who's listening to this podcast, the more you learn who the people are around you that are nines, I think you'll recognize that you became friends with them quickly and it was very easy to relate to them. And so being married to a nine, especially as an eight where anger is a a common emotion for me, I think having that time and, and that soothing person to go through conflict together brings me down a couple notches and it certainly makes it easier to work through conflict. If I, if I was married to somebody that was also emotionally charged, I would imagine that conflict resolution would be a lot of shouting and and not not very cordial. But as far as conflict resolution goes, we don't yell. We don't uh, name call. You know, it's very healthy. And I would attribute that 95% to Danae because she brings the emotional anger any of those other collateral pieces of conflict resolution down to a very even playing field. Positive outcomes for me within our relationship has just been learning more about what is motivating to Mike, learning more about like just there's been things throughout our relationship that it's as I've learned about the Enneagram, I think back to conversations and I go, oh, that makes so much more sense now that I know each of our core motivations and situations And so that's been a positive. And I would say that I have definitely grown in my ability to bring up conflict. I have like 
so incredibly far to go, but I would say I've improved. And I also now know that that's an area to improve on. I kind of just thought that it was, I accepted it more of as that is the way that I am. And that's just the way that it's going to be. Whereas learning more about it, it's presented it more to me as an opportunity for growth because it's not honoring to Mike and it's not honoring to God in our relationship for me to just stuff everything and be mad at him without him even knowing Um, that's not fair to him and it doesn't do any favors for our relationship. So I think Kristen would agree with you, Catherine, that she's more external in her Mm -hmm. anger. But I think the way it plays out more so in the one is like the one has that inner critic where there's a lot of like self anger or, you know, like they, they could be angry at themselves for not doing things good enough or perfectly. And then when they're trying to do stuff perfectly, you all right over there to bolts. (laughs) (laughs) But when, when there other people are not doing things perfectly, it, it starts to build up as like resentment inside the one. Hmm. From kind of yeah, and, until it that. comes out sideways. Uh, yeah, and also the like level of control. So it's like I want to control as much as possible, and I can't control Cordy's yeah. like timing. His you know whether he closes the refrigerator door, or not you know all of those things. And so it's letting go of that. But I even like said to him this week, like you think like how frustrated I am with you. Just think of how frustrated. I am with myself because I'm not meeting my expectations right now. And it's really hard to let them go, but it's really easy to project them on you and hyper-focus on what you're not doing. Whereas I'm having a really hard time with like accepting that I'm not meeting my own standards. So I, I really resonate with what you're saying. And then, yeah, it's easier to be angry at someone else than it is at yourself or even acknowledge that I am upset with myself found a couple Bible verses about conflict resolution. And there are a handful of verses in the Bible. I can't think of the actual references right now, but that talk about like, if you have a problem with someone, like you need to go and address it right away. Like you need to deal with that. And I read that in the Bible and I'm like, oh, but then there would be conflict and that would be in like something I don't want to deal with. So just knowing that God expects that of us in our relationships to deal with that conflict and to not hold on to it. And I, I have to like in my head all the time, I have this bottle, this battle with God's description of love in the, you know, the classic verse in Corinthians about, um, love is patient, love is kind, all that, where it says love keeps no record of wrong because I sweep things under the rug, but I also know where that pile is. And so just trying to remember like, Okay, don't I'm not I'm not here to keep records of wrong and if I were bringing up conflicts more often then I wouldn't need to keep that list because it would be dealt with already. So that's one that's kind of really tricky for me, but it's going back to the Bible and going back to God's word on what he says about conflict resolution and what he says about love has definitely pushed me more to try to be more forward with my frustrations and things that are going to cause conflict. Building off of that, when Danae and I were looking through the Bible, trying to figure out what it says about conflict resolution, you know, it says in, uh, in Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter 18, Romans chapter 12. Uh, there's plenty of examples in the Bible. If you go look for it, I think we're all, we're all called to 
resolve conflict with one another. So I don't think, you know, becoming a Christian makes you perfect at anything. And it definitely doesn't make you perfect at resolving conflict. And it's a skill that you need to learn. I think learning about yourself, learning about your spouse, learning about the people that you interact with is a huge step in in conflict resolution. Learning what the Bible says about conflict resolution is a big step, but it just being an ongoing process that you continue to get better at, you stick with it. I think one of the biggest problems with conflict resolution is that people just don't do it. A lot of conflicts go away to a degree if they just get ignored, if you just kind of move on from it, you know, you sleep on it and the next day you you don't even talk about it. But I think, uh, well, I know that we're, we're told in the Bible that you need to seek resolution. So we need to get good at that. Giving grace is not something that comes naturally to me. And trying to remember that God loves me not for my accomplishments and not for my efficiency or productivity or the things that I'm good at or strive to be perfect at or, but he loves me despite all my imperfections and, and the grace that I'm given on a daily basis by God is, is something that I need to strive for, you know, echo in my own life with, especially with my spouse. And so I think that's one of the biggest things for me is reflecting on and recognizing the grace that I'm given on a daily basis and then therefore trying to extend that grace to others. You know, so nines are called the peacemakers, but I think lots of times me and maybe other nines settle instead of being peacekeepers and we we value peace so much that we will refuse to address conflict, which will then just build into a bigger conflict down the road. And, you know, so I think it's the whole, you know, you know, Jesus said, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. And I think to make peace requires some of that hard work and some of that bringing up of conflict and dealing with conflict in order to have peace. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not bringing up the conflict and I'm holding it up inside, then I do not have peace within me. And so it's being able to have those hard conversations in order to make peace rather than avoiding it and hoping that things just stay peaceful. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. If you have any questions or prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at hey at wearetheecho.church. Also, we want to invite you to join us on Sundays. We are streaming our services on Facebook and YouTube at 9 a.m. U.S. Central Time, as well as 8 p.m. U.S. Central Time. This episode was produced and mixed by Just Hit Publish Productions. 